0: Pocketbook. Noun. One, a woman's handbag. Two, a paperback or other small cheap edition of a book. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pocketbook, the downmarket podcast where we read the hard things so you don't have to. Whew. Well, let's get the introductories out of the way in case you didn't know if this is your first episode welcome also maybe consider going back to episode 1 but if you don't i mean you do you whatever you whatever you think is cool uh so as stated this is a podcast where we read hard things uh stuff that you think you should read but you just don't wanna cuz it's hard and uh, instead you get to listen to me tell you all about it so we're currently working our way through the old testament and we're on exodus And the last episode, we chatted a lot about the law, and all the laws, and the Ten Commandments, and all those other extra commandments. And, um, today, God's gonna have a cow. So, welcome to one of my favorite parts of the book of Exodus. We are, where we left off, Moses was up on Mount Sinai, chatting with the Lord having a good old conversation about all the things that were going to happen. And the one thing I pointed out to you last time that I wanted you to remember for this time is the fact that God makes provisions for Aaron to be the high priest. He's the guy that's going to know about all the rites. He's going to know how to dress up in his cool priest uniform, costume, thing, vestments. I don't know. And he's going to know all the stuff about how to be a priest of the Lord. So, you gotta keep that in mind, because Aaron's about to have a real bad day. But, first of all, God's done speaking with Moses, he's told him all the stuff he has to tell him, he takes a couple of tablets of stone, and he just writes on them with his finger. Which makes me wonder, A, how big the finger of the Lord is, like, how big was this font? And B, uh, how sharp? Like, does, does God have a laser finger? Anyway, using his laser pointer finger, God engraves the tablets with the commandments that they've just talked about. So it's kind of like when you go to a meeting with your boss and the boss says, so as we discussed previously in our meeting and sends you out a fancy memo. This is basically the memo and Moses is getting ready to take him down the mountain. But he's been up there for a while. So what happens is, much like when you leave a toddler in a room with a marshmallow and tell them not to eat it, Doesn't last long and they get impatient real fast and they decide to eat the marshmallow. Same kind of deal. So the people have been, you know, down at the bottom of the mountain watching all the smoke and fire and thunderstorms and all that other crazy pants stuff going on up there. And they're getting a little impatient. So I don't know what the impetus was for this. Like, I don't know who had this thought first, but the people, whoever they are, we don't know, just all of them, come up to Aaron. Remember Aaron? Aaron who's going to be a good bro and do all the stuff he's supposed to do. And they say to Aaron... Hey. hey 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 you know what we need give us some gods cuz we need to you know we can't just we can't just go out into the wilderness like this like we have to have gods we have to like you know see them and like make graven images of them now i don't know if you remember from last time but one of the key things that god said is look if y'all going to worship me it's not a big deal but you know what you don't need to do make a graven image of me don't do it don't worship to the image you're worshiping me i'm god don't be making any new gods. I'm not going to like that. So, in case you forgot, that's the rules. So, does Aaron explain all this to the people? Nah. He doesn't do that. Uh, so and then they sort of preempt his argument cuz I mean, I I like to think that Moses would have been that Aaron would have said, "But what but what about Moses?" But uh, they don't give him a chance. They say, "Yeah, that Moses guy, whatever. He's up there on the mountain. He's been up there for days and hours. Terrible. And we're sick of it. So, uh, you know, we need some gods. So Aaron doesn't protest. Aaron doesn't say, mm, "What? Mm, I don't think that's part of the rules. He just says, take off all the gold rings that are on your ears. Your ears, your wives, your sons, your daughters, bring them on over. So the people take all their gold off and they bring them to Aaron. And he takes the gold, forms it into a mold and uh, casts an image of a calf. And all the people are like, "Woohoo! we got some gods. Nice. If I'd known that it was that easy to get a god, I maybe would have done it before now. So they take the calf out of the fire and they look, we've got this fancy golden cow. Well, a baby cow. Anyway, and um, they say, this is God. This is the God who brought us out of Egypt. And I I don't know what you've learned about God so far in the Old Testament, but I think maybe you can predict how this is going to go. The answer, spoilers, is not great. Does Aaron say, hey, guys, maybe don't call that gold thing I made you God. Maybe don't do that. It's going to go bad for you. Nope, he doesn't do that. He says, well, I guess you're calling a God. Must be God. So he builds an altar in front of the golden calf and uh, says, cool. Tomorrow we're going to have a festival because this calf here, this is the Lord. Ooh, two strikes in one, maybe even three. Making a graven image. Having other gods before God. Taking the Lord's name in vain. Yikes. Aaron, three strikes, you're out, my bro. Except not really, but you'll see that in a minute. So, then all of a sudden, the Lord's, I don't know, sin spider sense goes off. And he says, okay, you got to get down off this mountain. Because you know those people that we brought out of the land of Egypt? Wow, they're awful. And they have been quick to turn away from the things that I told them not to do. They've made themselves a calf and they're worshiping it and they're sacrificing to it and they're calling it God. This is the worst thing. And the Lord says to Moses, okay, these people, why did I pick them? This is a terrible idea. I'm going to kill them all. And maybe I'll save you and we can make a great nation later. And Moses does my favorite thing. Uh, I know we've talked about the prophets before and and where they do this thing where God says, I'm going to do the thing. And the prophet goes, "Mm, you maybe might not want to do the thing. Because if you do the thing, it might not work out so good. And then God's like, you know what? You're right. So in this case, God says, I'm going to kill all of those people. That's it. We're starting from scratch. These ones suck. And Moses says, hey, Lord, mm, maybe you, maybe you uh, wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Because really, and here's the kicker. What would the Egyptians say? You just spent all this time flexing on Pharaoh and showing all the Egyptians and all the Egyptian gods how great you are. What are they going to say if all you do is take us out of Egypt and kill it all? That's really not, I don't know, that's not a godly behavior, right? Like, come on, remember, when we have this covenant, we got this plan, like, stick to it, Lord. Focus, 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 focus. And the Lord says, yeah, 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 okay, you're right, I forgot about all that stuff, sorry, I got carried away. You're right, I won't kill them. He changes his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring. So Moses has successfully negotiated a no-death deal from God, and then he goes to go down the mountain, and he's carrying the two tablets, and uh, the tablets are written on both sides, so God likes to economize and write on both sides of his paper, which I fully support. And he comes to Joshua, who's like, "Ah no, I always pictured Joshua like halfway up the mountain." Um, so the people right now are engaged in a gigantic party. And so as Moses comes down the mountain, Joshua stops him and is like, oh, my God, like, there must be there must be a war in the camp. Like, listen to all of this noise. And Moses says, nope, it's not a, a war. It's not a battle. It's just a sick rave. And the Lord's real mad about it. So then as soon as he comes down the mountain and he can see the calf and the dancing, he just loses his cheese, you guys, like. This is my favorite part. So Moses has already said to God, hey, maybe don't kill the Israelites. Not a great plan. Instead, he comes down, loses his mind, takes the tablets, breaks them on the foot of the mountain, burns the gold, grinds it into powder, scatters that powder on the water and makes them drink it. Yuck! Gold powder drink. I wonder how many of them got really, 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 really sick. Then we got two important things. Moses says to Aaron, look, oh my... It's like, you know, it's like when you leave your pet or your child with someone that is maybe not so cool on regulations as you are. It's like, Aaron, buddy, I left the dog with you for the day. I thought I could trust you. What are you doing? And Aaron says, well, um, the people asked me to make them a cow. So uh actually, he doesn't say they asked me to make a cow. What he says was... They said, make me a god. As for Moses, eh, we don't know what happened to him. He's probably dead, so whatever, it's good. So I said to them, whoever has gold, take it off. And they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. To quote cabin pressure, masterly use of the passive voice. (laughs) Because that's not what happened. We just heard what happened. Aaron did all of that. He took the gold. He molded it into the calf. He took it out of the fire. He gave it to the people. I just love how he's like, I-, I don't know, Moses. I don't know what happened. I just took all this gold and I put it in the fire and bam, there was a cow. Like, I don't know how it happened. What could I do? And Moses, weirdly, uh, like, buys this and is like, okay, cool. And so then Moses sees that the people are, quote, running wild, which, like I say, I think it's just a real sick rave. And... uh <laughs> They put in parentheses because Aaron had let them run wild. You know, it's like when you come home and the dogs destroyed the bathroom and, like, torn the toilet paper and rooted it all over the house. Same kind of deal. The Israelites have taken the TP and stirred it all over the bathroom. And now they're in trouble. And uh, instead of just getting, you know, shamed on the internet, uh, which is what we would do with our pets, Moses says, Who here is on the Lord's side? Get your butts over here. And so all the sons of Levi are like, Yep. I'm in. So remember we had those 12 tribes? Only one tribe. Only one tribe is like, yeah, I'm here. And this is where I love the, um, what's the word? The double standard? Yeah, because remember, remember how Moses negotiated the no-death deal with God? And yeah. So he got so pissed, he was like, you know what? Never mind. I'll do it myself. So he says to all the Levites, take your swords and kill all these buggers. We're done with this. And uh, so they do. About 3,000 people apparently died that day. That's the number that's in here. So, wow, that escalated quickly. It's like when, oof. Yeah, what a way to end a rave. Yikes. That is, that is, really not Gucci, man. That's real bad. So, but apparently Moses is chill about it. So I don't know. All the sons of Levi. Now, I'm not sure what happens to the other 12 tribes. We'll all have to, you know, stay tuned and figure out what happens together. But I really had a moment being like, oh, wow, there were 12 tribes. Now there's one tribe. Yikes. That's uh, uh, a significant reduction in the number of Israelites. I don't love that. Although I do think there's a practical reason because we're about to go and wander the wilderness and head to uh, Canaan and all that good stuff. So maybe it's better to just have less people. I don't know. Who knows? Not great, but Moses, you know, predictably, because hashtag it's the Old Testament, guys, says, you know what? You've done a good thing in the service of the Lord today, so go you. You got a blessing on yourselves. Woohoo! So everybody has a bad day. The Lord has a cow, and so does Moses. And then the next day, everybody wakes up, and they're like, can we start again, please? And Moses says, you know what? You've sinned a great sin. You, you, you done mucked up here, my dudes. It's going to be real bad. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go up to the Lord and I'm going to ask him to maybe not kill you all. Which, JK's lol, he already did that, but whatever. He's going to do it again. So, uh, he goes up to the Lord and says, you know what? You're right. These people suck. <laughs> like, what were we thinking? I mean, what were you thinking? Were we thinking this together? Are we a team? I don't quite know. But uh, please, 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 can you forgive their sin? I get it if you can't. And if you can't, just blot me out of the book that you have written. Just, that's it, Lord. Just smite me down and move along your way. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. I'm only going to smite people who have sinned against me. J.K.'s lol, you did that for me yesterday. Thanks, bro. So he says, you know what we're going to do? When the day comes for punishment, we're going to punish him. So he says he's only going to blot out the people who have sinned against him. (sighs) I, this seems to me like God being like, yeah, I am going to punish you. Just you wait till your dad gets home. You know, I I know I'm going to do something to you, but I haven't figured out what it is yet. And I need some time to like really stew on some great revenge. Uh, so we're just going to postpone that. Um, and then apparently he sends a plague on the people because of the calf. And again, I, <laughs> if you've seen uh, The Emperor's New Groove, you know, the poison for Cusco, Cusco's poison. The Lord does this again. He says, the Lord sends a plague on the people because they made the calf, the one that Aaron made. Aaron's calf, the calf that was made by Aaron, Aaron's calf. Uh, Even though it was the people's calf. Anyway, he sends a plague. I don't know what kind of plague it was. Maybe they all got sick, which is what happens if you take a whole big group of people and they don't know where to put their toilet uh, in their camp and all that good stuff. So who knows? So maybe the punishment is the plague or maybe we're saving it for later. I don't really know. The next commandment is, okay, look, we've spent some time here partying at Mount Sinai and it didn't go well. So what I'm going to get you to do, Moses, is to pack up all these people, at least the ones that are left. We're down 3,000 plus whoever got the plague. I don't know if they recovered. Maybe it's like the current corona plague where only some people die. I don't know. But I can guarantee you that the Israelites were not social distancing. So who knows how many people died. If they died, it doesn't say. So I can't tell you. But anyway, the Lord says, take all those people and you're going to take them back to the land that I promised Abraham and Isaac. And on the way, you are going to kick some butt. Or actually, I am going to kick some butt and I'm going to drive out all the people that live in that place. If you want to know the roots of the Israel-Palestine conflict, like, oh, my Lord, this is it. So on our way to go be in the land where we're supposed to be, we're going to kick out everybody who already lives there. The story of conquerors the world over from time immemorial. Welcome to history. So he also says, by the way, um, I'm not going with you. You know why? Because if I had to travel with you losers, I would probably consume you all. Because I just can't handle it. Uh, I am not taking this long road trip with whiny kids in the backseat. So you're on your own. And uh, that's it. So, hmm. So Moses tells the people, wow, God's real pissed. But lucky for you, uh, you're not all going to die. So let's, uh, let's get on our donkeys here and uh, get on the road. So the first thing they do is uh, we get some details here that Moses, Moses gets a lot of private chats with God. So he has a little tent that he sets up outside of camp, uh, far from the camp. And he calls it the tent of meeting, the meeting tent, the tent where we meet. And the person that he meets or the entity that he meets is God. So he goes out to the, he'll get up in the morning and all the people are like peeking around their tent flaps, watching him being like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And what he does is he walks over to his own tent and he sits in his own tent. And then remember that pillar of smoke and fire from when we were escaping from Egypt? Same pillar shows up. Pillar of cloud stands at the entrance of the tent And all the people are like, whoa, it's God. And they all bow down because maybe they've learned their lesson at least for a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, the Lord and Moses just have a little chat. And it even says face-to-face as one speaks to a friend. So there you go. Moses and God, they're on a team. They're bros. And uh, then I don't know what's up with this, but uh, Moses returns to the camp. But his young assistant, Joshua, remember we saw Joshua on the mountain. Joshua's going to be a big deal in a bit. He's just a small deal right now, but he's kind of a cool guy. Um, he doesn't leave the tent. He stays in the tent all the time. So I don't know if he, like, keeps the tent or if that's his tent. Does God talk to Joshua? I don't know the answers to any of these questions. If you do, hit me up. So, then um, Moses goes up to talk to God again. and Or maybe not goes up. Perhaps they're just having their little tent chat here. <sighs> and there's a lot of this where, like, um, it, this is really showy language and there's probably, oh, I don't know. The rest of book 33 here is all about, um, Moses saying to God, like, well, if you trust me, you would bless me. And God's like, I've already blessed you. Of course I trust you. You know, if your presence isn't going to, you know, wh- you have to come with us. I think what's going on here is Moses is begging God, like, no, seriously though, could you maybe think again, please come with us. I know you said you don't want to travel with the whiny kids in the back seat, But like we kind of need you, and if you really like me, and if I really am your bro forever, BFF, um, then please, please, please reconsider it and come with us. And so there's lots of really flowery language back and forth, being like, yes, 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 my presence will go fine. And then Moses is like, well, if your presence will not go, don't, don't leave us from here, because how will we know that we found favor in your sight if you don't come with us? And again, I love how Moses is really playing on that whole like look, you just did all this stuff and flexed on Pharaoh. How is everybody going to know how great you are if you don't come with us? And really using that as leverage with God, which I'm like, wow, this Moses guy. Must have been a clever dude. He's got some negotiation skills. So in the end, uh, God says, okay, so over there is a rock. And I want you to go over to that rock. And uh, I will show you my, I'll show you myself. I won't show you my face though, because if you saw my face, you'd probably die. Which either means that God is entirely made of lasers, or he's just really, really weird looking. And the sight of his face would give you an instant heart attack. I don't know. Please send in your pictures of what you think the face of God looks like, because I want to know. Yeah, what what would cause somebody to just drop dead? Anyway, so God says, you know, what I'll do is you need to crouch down. Don't look at me while I'm coming towards you face to face. But as soon as my back is to you, then I'll let you look and you can see my back but you can't see my front because you'll die. I'm like, wow, what's on there? I just, I am consumed with curiosity. Moses is a much better person than I am because I would have had to peek and I would have been dead. So before they have this little, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, find the find the rock and bow and do the things. Um, the Lord also says, by the way, before we go do this thing where you get to have a look at me, I guess, uh, I want you to make some new tablets because you broke the other ones. And I was like, yeah, I sure did. And, uh, he takes two new tablets and then the Lord comes down and, uh, in his pillar of cloud and Moses is like, Whoa, it's the Lord. And then just as he said he would do, um, the Lord passes before him and Moses bows his head and worships. He's like, yep. The Lord's presence is here. Everything is good. I know these people are losers, but, uh, please, you know, make some allowances for us, pardon our iniquity and our sin and uh you know make us your people like like you said you were going to do. And so God's like, "You know what? Sure. I let's renew the covenant because everybody had a bad time at the rave and we know now not to do that again. And so uh we're going to renew our covenant here. And basically this is just <laughs> uh I like that they repeat some of some of the commandments but not all of them. Notably, uh God says, "Hey, so we're going to Canaan. Don't talk to strangers." Don't make friends with any of these other people who live here. The Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, don't talk to them. Strange or danger. Because they quote-unquote prostitute themselves, God's words, not mine, uh, to their gods. So they don't worship their gods nicely like you guys are going to do. They do bad things and worship their gods the wrong way. So don't talk to them. Don't marry them. Don't even look at their daughters because you can't have them. Stop it. I'm prepping you before we go, right? It's like when you're talking to your kid. Okay, we are going to go into the grocery store and you are not going to touch anything. Do you hear me? Do not touch a thing. Your kids are like, yes, mom, I'm sorry. Because they've just witnessed a horrific scene. Anyway, that's kind of what the Israelites are like. Okay, we're going to Canaan. Don't look at anybody. Don't touch anybody. Don't even think about anybody. And all the Israelites who were like, ooh, we had 3,000 more people yesterday than we do today. Absolutely, God, you're 100% right. We won't touch anything. We won't look at anybody. We are going to be so well behaved. I'll leave it up to you to predict how well that's going to go. Anyway, God also takes care to repeat, you shall not make cast idols. Remember, we talked about this. This is the second time. Don't do it. Oh, they talk about the festival of the unleavened bread again. They talk about sacrificing the first thing you get, whether it's a donkey or a lamb or a child. Uh, but remember, you can sub out your kid for a lamb. You can do a, a a lamb-ram substitute. And, um... Yep, don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. Some of those things we've heard before. If you want to know more about Hebrew dietary laws and all those kinds of things, uh, we're going to get into some of that stuff in Leviticus, but... Y'all really need to consult a scholar who actually knows about this stuff. I am not that person. Um, There are a lot of... There's a lot of scholarship about some of these laws. The Midrash. Lots of... um, Yeah. Really, really smart people who speak the language that this stuff was written in. Which I don't. um, Who can tell you a lot more about that if you're curious about how some of those things are practiced in the real world today. Um, But that's kind of where we see some some of these things. So... So the Lord says to Moses, this time the Lord doesn't bother to write the tablets himself. He says to Moses, get that stuff on the tablet, write uh, write that down, okay? <laughs> and um, he stays with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights, which is a long time. And again, we talked about this number 40. Remember, that was how long it rained, when God decided to flood everything. That 40 will, will come again, right? We've... The Israelites were 40 years wandering in the wilderness before they found the gigantic mountain. Don't ask me how that happened, because I don't know. They must have been real lost. Um, Moses is here with God for 40 days and 40 nights. That 40 days and 40 nights will come up again. Don't forget. Don't worry, I'll remind you in case you do forget, because you'll forget. So um, apparently talking to God is really good for your pores, because the next thing that we are told is that whenever God comes back from talking to God on Mount Sinai, his hand, his face is glowing. So I don't know what that looks like, whether he's got a sunburn or whether he's got that like fresh glow from using essence of the Lord toner. I'm not sure. But something, his face is all shiny. Uh, Could be oily. I don't know. Who knows? But the people, whatever he's done to his complexion, the people go, whoa, I don't like that. And they won't talk to him until he comes down and says, no, 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 really, really, I like Guys, it's fine, it's gonna be okay. Um, come over here and talk to me. So Aaron's the first one to go over there, and he's like, no, oh, it's okay, he's not radioactive, come on over, uh, or, or whatever he said. It doesn't say what he said. So they come closer and they talk to him. And remember how I said we time skipped and we left Mount Sinai? Jokes, they just have this thing about the tent. Uh, maybe that was still at the foot of Mount Sinai, because apparently they're still at Mount Sinai. They've just been talking about leaving for a long time and haven't actually left yet which is what so many people do. If your mother is from Saskatchewan, you probably also do this, where you say goodbye in like five stages as you're going out the door. That's what the Israelites are doing with Mount Sinai. They're like, oh, have a great trip. Oh my gosh, you forgot your coat. And then you stand in the entryway and you talk for 20 minutes. And then you get outside in the driveway and you talk for 20 minutes and they wave at you as you're leaving. This is a multi-step exit process that's going on here. So... Anyway, Moses' great pores, um, they do note that because it bothered everyone, he would put on a veil, um, and the word veil is used, uh, I would suggest, you know, with my, uh, expert knowledge in biblical times fashion, that it probably wasn't a veil the way we think of a veil today, like, it's not, you know, it's not like some fancy sort of sheer fabric, it's probably just taking a chunk of cloth that would have been the part that goes around your head to protect you from, you know, the sun, and just pulling that across, you know, your face. So your eyes are still available. He's not wandering around bashing into stuff. Um, you know, you can still see, but you just cover up the bottom part of your face, the most, the part of it that is mostly glowing, so that you don't have to show everyone all the time. So he does that. So he'll he'll wear the veil, goes to talk to God, gets all shiny, comes down, and the people are like, whoa, dude, you're shiny. And he puts the veil back on and uh, keeps it on until he goes to talk to God again. So that's what's been going on. So the next thing that's going here, ooh, this is, we repeat the Sabbath, excuse me, repeat the Sabbath regulations, which you've heard like eight times now. So I'm not going to say them again. Uh, if you missed the Sabbath regulations, you can jump on back an episode and we talk about it there. Uh, we also talk about it in the creation episode because that's where the whole thing starts. Um, in the road trip episode, we talked about it there too. So we've really had a lot of Sabbaths, so I'm I'm not going to repeat that for you guys. Um, We've also got a whole bunch of rules about making the tabernacle. And I don't think I'm going to go into all of this. Um, If there's a huge public outcry, then I can certainly go back and we can talk about this. And I said the same thing last episode as well. If you guys really want me to go into how one makes a tabernacle, let me know. But here's all the rules about how to make a tabernacle. You have to make curtains of goat's hair, 11 of them. Um, if you want to make your own curtains, they must be 30 cubits long and four cubits wide. If you are still unsure what a cubit is, or if you missed it in previous episodes, the cubit is the length from your elbow. So you hold your arm straight and it's the length from your elbow to the tip of your longest finger. That's a cubit. Technically speaking, it's from the tip of the, from the king's elbow to the tip of his longest finger. But of course, that always varies depending on the size of the king. So standard practice was just whoever was doing the carpentering and the building um, would just use their own arm, and that's how you decide how much of uh, how much of a thing that you need. So call on these people; they make this beautiful, beautiful tabernacle. There's they also make the ark of the covenant, and if you're unsure what that is, I won't go into the specifications. But it's just this beautiful thing of acacia wood. That's what it's made out of. It's about three feet long, foot and a half wide, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide and a cubit and a half high. So it's fairly big. It's a pretty big box. And uh, in that box, that's where they put the uh, tablets that Moses had to write himself this time because God had had enough of his nonsense. So there's there's cherubim on there. If you want to go into the specifications, you need to go to Exodus chapter 37. And it will tell you how to make an Ark of the Covenant. If you want to make one yourself at home, please, if you do make your own little Ark of the Covenant, send us your photos. Uh, You can tag us on the Pod at Instagram. And I would love to see what your crafty Arks of the Covenant look like. They also make a table for the bread and a table for the presents. They make a lamp stand so that you don't have something to put your lamp on because you have to hang your lamp. They make altar. To make an altar, pardon me, and some incense. And uh, the incense, the altar, is also made of acacia wood. My understanding of acacia is that it's really quite a hard wood. So, like, this is this stuff is built to last. Like, this is a box. This is an altar. So, there's all kinds of fun stuff. They uh, make some anointing oil. Uh, and this anointing with oil, this is a thing that's going to happen. And you'll see this continue throughout the book. Um, I think we've actually had that happen a couple times uh, when Isaac stopped to pray and he built his little altar, he anoints it with oil. That's a way of making it holy. And I don't know what the story is behind that. Um, I can try to find out for you guys. But that will come up a lot. And it's it's a very common practice. And it's actually still done as part of Catholic baptism, for sure. And possibly some other stuff as well. So still a very important thing. If you want to make a thing holy, take it and anoint it with oil. Now, I would say, in the modern sense, it has to be holy oil. I guess you gotta, like, bless it. It can't just be random olive oil from your cupboard. But um, they don't specify whether this is supposed to be... um, Oh, never mind, they do. It's supposed to be holy anointing oil. Don't ask me how you get it holy. But you also put nice incense in it, um, and you blend it to make it smell good. So not just regular olive oil, fancy-smelling olive oil. They also make... Oh, the whole tabernacle. So there's a court and the tabernacle is just this gigantic templey thing, right? There's a court, south side, hangings, this is a beautiful thing, pillars. Woo! All kinds of good stuff. So there we go. They complete the work. It's this beautiful tabernacle is all erected. So the Lord says to Moses, "On the first day of the month, you will set up the tabernacle at the tent of meeting." You're going to put in it the Ark of the Covenant. So the nice thing is this tabernacle is portable. I can't imagine carrying... I mean, it's enough to carry your own tent. But off we go to Canaan, and we are going to carry ourselves an entire tabernacle when we go. And it also tells you how to make the vestments of the priesthood. They've got pomegranates on them, by the way. Very fancy. And um, so there we go. Moses did everything just as the Lord commanded. First month of the second year. On the first day of the month, up goes the tabernacle. woo Woo-woo! He put it up, put up the frames and the poles and raised the pillars and he spread the tent over it and he put the covering of the tent over it. Always use a tarp. You never know if it's going to rain. And then he takes the covenant and he puts it into the ark and he puts the poles on the ark. So you have these like little poles that go into both sides of the ark so that you can carry it around and they put it in the tabernacle. Ta-da! They've made this beautiful temple place for the Lord. And then they do some very ceremonial feet washing, which we've talked about feet washing before. Um, That's a thing that's going to come up again. If this is your first episode, a quick recap. If you've been walking around in the dusty places for days and days and days, let me tell you, the dirtiest part of your body is your feet. Particularly if you're wearing sandals, uh, which these folks definitely are. Um, So it's a ceremonial gesture not even ceremony it's, it's an actual thing it happens so it's not just like a, oh we just do this for funsies but it's a gesture of hospitality and it welcomes someone into a house um says yep absolutely you're welcome to be here you're safe you can take off your sandals and take the time to you know clean your feet uh it's a gesture of hospitality both on the part of the host and the guest so they're sort of getting all of that foot washing done here and um set up a little screen at the gate of the court so you can't just like, you know, peer into the temple because that's not cool. No peeking. And um, then the cloud, remember the cloud of the Lord's presence, covers the tent. Hooray! And the glory of the Lord fills the tabernacle. Ta-da! And so, like I say, whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, so whenever God was like, okay, we're moving, then they take everything down and they move it on out to the next place and then they set the whole thing. So there we go. They've always got God with them through every part of their journey. So Moses' pleading was not in vain. Um, The Lord's presence did decide to follow them on their journey. And um, so this kind of quick summary stuff, that's the end of Exodus. So congratulations if you've been wondering when the heck we're going to get to the end of that book. You made it! We made it! Yay! We're getting into Leviticus now, and um, it's going to be a summary, guys. I'm going to give you the highlight reel. I don't... there's... There's specifications for every kind of offering you should make, uh, what it needs to be made of, what's it, what it's for, and, and all these different things. So I don't want you to get too bored if we don't have story time. But I also don't want to pass over Leviticus like it's nothing, because it isn't, right? So um, I will do the highlight reel. I'll kind of tell you some of the cool stuff that we find. And we'll go from there. And then we've got Deuteronomy, Numbers. And I think we're through the Pentateuch, if I remember correctly. Um... That's the first five books. So go us. That's almost all of the Old Testament. Just kidding. We got prophets later. So yeah, as always, if you have questions, you can email us at thepocketbookpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at thepocketbookpod. Uh, you know what? Hit me up with your questions. Shoot us a DM. Um, I'm always up to hear what you guys are thinking about of all the episodes. And if you have more questions, like I say, if there's things you want me to go into more detail on, let me know. Um, I presume that everyone's happy to kind of skim through the laws, but if you are not and you're like, oh my God, I must hear every single law, then let me know. Uh, if not, we're just going to carry on and thank you as always for listening. If you want to support the podcast, you can also just hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Even if you think the podcast is shite, I'm okay with that. Uh, just type it in there and, and let people know what you think. Um, it really helps get the pocketbook closer up in the ratings. It helps people find us more easily. And if you are liking the podcast, uh, do us a favor and tell your friends. Let them know that, um, if they've been hankering to know about what's in the Bible and they don't mind a little bit of comedy, uh, send them on over because this is, this is the place to be. I think that's it for now. So as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And... Next episode, we're going to jump on into Leviticus. Take care, y'all.